Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And it's been a long time between drinks for the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. We promised that we would we'd maintain the podcast throughout the lockdown, but uh, unfortunately, for various reasons, yeah, we didn't. It was not possible. No. And we'll, we'll get to those things, but we are coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And we're brought to you uh, with the sponsorship of The Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get debating. It's great. And, of course, Landspeed Records. Come and buy your records from people who love the green machine as yeah. much as you do. And yes, we did have a bit of a break. Um, but Blake, you didn't. You were on the front line. Yeah, at the coalface. You were at the coalface. Basically an essential worker, you know. Really? Was it was record sellers, we classed ourselves along as jigsaw puzzle sellers as essential workers. So yeah, we've, we've been here the whole time. You have. Been here the and whole time. You've been putting in for the community. You've been taking that risk on behalf of everyone to make sure that they could get the the vinyl, the CDs, the uh, yes. various T-shirts and other clothing paraphernalia, which is fantastic. We just the kept back. them going. You kept people going. <laughs> you kept their hope alive. You kept their hope alive. When when the hope was dim and glowing, there was a light on in the window of Landspeed Records. Yeah. Which, which is yeah, just It was fantastic. just us and KFC. Yeah. Yeah, who was. are not a sponsor. Yeah, who are not our sponsor. <laughs> Although, given how COVID fat I've got, you would think they might be. Yeah. Because the pork has got a bit porky. Because the pork has been in isolation, yes. The pork got sent home for 10 weeks. And extroverts in isolation doesn't go well, people. Doesn't go well at all. Anyway, we'll leave that story at that. But, uh, yeah, came back to work. And here we are, back on the air. But I want to start the, the podcast in, in a way that we don't usually... You know, there's something that actually grinds my gears, Blake. You know what really grinds my gears? What is it? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake, is that for 10 weeks, for 10 freaking weeks, you have had to clean this filthy, filthy storeroom. And I have come back and it has got worse. It has actually not got better. It has actually got worse. And it's just like, I, I don't even know how you find anything in here. I mean, the rats are comfortable people, so that's good. But apart from that... Rats moved out. Did they? Yeah. Who would know? You'd have to move things to find that out, wouldn't you? It's just, you know, it's just... Just drivel, you know? It's just awful. Um, and it grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. Like I say, I've been busy, man. I've been busy. I thought I would have the time to clean it, but I've actually been busier than ever, so... Right, well, there you go. He's been maintaining the front line. Um, but the restart of the season, Blake, are you excited? Of course. How can you not be? You know, it's kind of like the last 10 weeks, it's kind of... Life just was, you know, it felt a little bit empty. I was it's like, empty, it, 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 it felt a little bit meaningless and pointless. And I kind of now understand how people that don't follow football teams feel throughout life. Yeah. They have nothing to look forward to week to week. Nothing to get excited about. Well, well sometimes in being a Raiders fan, though, it's not a case of, of looking forward to the game. It's kind of approaching them with with sort of sense of dread. Which hasn't happened in recent or seasons. Or resignation. Yeah, which hasn't happened in recent seasons. Oh. I mean, coming up to this game, which we'll talk about later against the Melbourne Storm, there was a long time in which a game against the Storm would be looming and I just dread it. 
Oh yeah, you'd there totally was nothing to look forward to. It was just like this dark resignation. You'd be thinking about the ways that you might actually get lucky and win the game. Um, we jag one every five years, but you know. Yeah, it, 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 but it wasn't very good. But when you did win, it was very good. And I think one of the problems we've got this time is we've actually won the last two against them. I know. And it hurt them badly on both occasions. And when you actually look at the team lists that are coming, you know, for this match, um, they look great. So front rower, uh, Asafa Solomona, fresh from his um, uh, boxing Barley. debut in Bali. Um, uh, looks great. Um, he'll, he'll be all psyched up and, you know, there to get Ready the to rip back. in. We've got the newly bearded Cameron Smith. Um, Do you reckon the beard will still be on? By... I, think it's, I think it's making up for what he doesn't have on his head anymore. Or alternatively, they're going to use it for transplants. You know, one or the other. But oh, I, reckon, yeah. I reckon... He's a hairy man. I reckon he he'll still have man. it. Um, we got Jesse Bromwich, who didn't have the world's best season last year, so you can bet your bottom dollar he's out for one. Kenny Bromwich, his brother, his brother Kenny, did have a great season. Uh, Kafusi was very good. And you got Fanukin at lock. So that's that's a great pack right there. You got Jerome Hughes at number seven, who's question marks on, but definitely has talent. Munster, no one has question marks Munster, on him. though, the back end of last season wasn't as good and you know I think it was ever since he got absolutely smashed and you've seen a lot of highlights of it recently still that George Defoe tackle he never was the same after that yeah yeah it does happen to people you remember Brad Myers for the Broncos he was going to be the next Brad Clyde you know that's a horrible tag and he got his head taken off and he never hit the line that hard after it. And yeah. he was a forward, so that really cost him. But yeah, there is that line where, where the Raiders were running at Aiden Caesar, you know, teams were running at Aiden Caesar last year to try and hit him, whether it was legal or illegal, to put him off his game and make him, you know, think twice about what he was doing. I think when you're a playmaker, you can't be looking at anything about the play you're going to do. You have to sort of... One of the things I've always liked about Sammy Williams when he, when he really steps up is he'll run to the line knowing full well he's going to get smashed. You know, and I think when you're a playmaker, you got to run to the line knowing full well you're going to get smashed, and just accepting that. Um, so yeah, maybe Munster's there, but I, I wouldn't doubt for a second that he's just going. to I'm be sure he's, he's a great player. I'm sure he's you've got Sevi and Olam in the centres. Now that that's, that's the only that's looking at that team. That's I mean, Olam's a good player, but that's the only sort of spot I looked at as as yeah. a potential weakness. And it was it's interesting that you know Curtis Scott. Yeah, that's right. He's out has there. has ended up with us because it seemed like they were getting rid of Chambers. Yeah. For Scott, but then yeah, yeah, and then we moved, and then we got Addo Carr and Vonavalo on the wings. That's quality. Pappenhuysen on the fullback. That's quality. Uh, Brandon Smith at number fourteen. Everyone loves Brandon Smith except when you're playing him. Big smiling guy. Scored those great tries out of dummy half for the Kiwis. Um, looked very good doing it. You got Tino, um, who's a very enthusiastic uh, second rower. There thought he was going to the Gold Coast. Doesn't seem to have. We got Christian Welch back from his. Injury. They've, they've got another second rower lined up. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's why he's got... <laughs> um, got Christian Welch uh, back from injury, and they really missed him one, towards one the, of, the one of the One of the smartest business game business minds in the in the comp. Did you know that? What's that? Christian Welch. Well, I wouldn't... I'd believe it. He's got a business degree, and he apparently he's, he's written... He sent Volandi some, like, some ideas, some proposals, some concepts. Nice. Some draft plans he's come up with. Well, no, mug. And very big, very big dude. Oh, he's a good player, too. They really missed him. We've got Max King rounding out the bench. On the extended bench, Eisenhuth. Don't uh, start Brinko talking about League. it. You Don't start Riley me Jacks. talking about this. They can all come in. Yeah. And you got, there's a bloke there called Darren Schoenig. Now, we always make fun of these people at the Melbourne Storm who turn up we've never heard of before. And then four weeks later, they're ripping us a new one. So don't be surprised when Darren Schoenig um, gets dropped in at last minute. He's 185 centimetres tall, 112 kilos, prop. 
but he gets dropped in at last minute and monsters us because Craig Bellamy has a habit, as you know, of turning meat and potatoes into fillet steak not and always, potato gras. Not always. Not, not always. always. But he's got a fairly high strike rate. He didn't have much luck with Tom Leroy Lars, did he? Tommy was... He was gone. You know I love Tom Leroy Lars. Why would you bring that up? Tommy was a delightful bloke, and gee, he was a good player. Oh, he was a guy. I loved him as a player as well, but he went to the storm, and I was like, hey, we're going to see the best of him, and it was the same with... No, let's just think of, Let's think of some... Yeah, it's why Ricky... He knew it. When Ricky got here, you know, the three highest played players were Tom Leroy, Lars, uh, Terry Campisi, and Shiloh, and he moved them all on quick smart, and they didn't do much, did they, once the post-Raiders? Yeah, but they were all hell of nice guys. But yeah. It's not the basis of success, Tim. No, it's not the basis of success, and, you know, no Ricky has no firmer supporter than me, as well, you know. Outside, uh, Louis, Hodgson, and Papali in the front row, Whitehead and Tarpanay in the second row, signalling that John Bateman is not back from injury yet, and Horsborough is coming in at Locke. At Locke, which is always, remember round one when he was named in the back row, and we said that yeah. it was odd and that Tarpany would be, or would be better playing second row. I think they moved after about three minutes, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and on the bench, we've got Oldfield, Soliola, Gula, and Havili. Okay, so, so of, of the bench, Oldfield, I think, will drop off. And Jordan Rappin, I will take that. Because, mm. obviously, Ricky has shown that he likes having an outside back on the bench for cover. And since he adopted that strategy, interestingly enough... It's paid off. It's been... That outside back has had to come on in every single game, I think. See, but here's the thing about Michael Oldfield that he has over Jordan Rappin, he has a big body. So at a pinch, Oldfield can go into the back row. No, no, but I think Rappanup is a big body as well and runs a lot harder than Michael Oldfield. Oldfield is and very fast. I know he's fast, but that's, that's not what I'm saying. Jordan Rappanup basically plays like a prop out of our own end anyway. So I think he would have more value, and I think Ricky will see more value in having him and bring him on for the you know the back end of each yeah, half, last 10 minutes, and just, just charging up the middle and going from dummy half. Yeah, that is possible. We've got uh, C&K at the back with Kotrick and Simonson on either side. See, I was thinking if anything was going to happen, Rappin would suddenly get dropped into, you know, the wing spot. It still could happen, but I think that, you know... And Simonson being the, the reserve there, but who knows? Then we, got... we also don't know about Jordan's, you know, match fitness, because no, if he was in... If he's, was in not doing that much in Japan and then had to come back and go into actual proper quarantine yeah he wasn't big in Japan was he no <laughs> it was a weird one because apparently they had like they were very well stocked that team for wins yeah 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 well look, he's a great player and I'm really pleased to have him back in fact it's a great reason to be cheerful isn't that nice to have amongst these dark days the good news that Jordan Rappiner actually came back oh it's fantastic and especially you know we were complaining I was sad that he wasn't allowed to come back and was let go and in light of the whole Curtis Scott mm. incident, oh, it's just brilliant. It, it was like, God, how bad, would, how great would it be to have Jordan back Jordan there? Back, yeah. and, and now we do. And we do. And, and we do. And the whole, thankfully, there was some talk that the NRL were going to block us from having him, allowing him back, which was, was ridiculous in the was first no place. no ability for them to do that. No, le- on legally, because if he didn't have a contract left and then came back as mm. an unsigned player before June 30, how do you block it? No, you can't block it. You can't block it as long as it's before June 30 and yeah. the Raiders have salary cap space within there. You know, I mean, that, he's come back on the going cheap. Going back to the old days of Union and League fighting each other, that was just ridiculous. Yeah, he's come back on the cheap, no doubt. Well, I, I could, wouldn't warrant, but I'm just glad to have him back. Yeah. we got Curtis Scott and Croker in the centres. we got Whiten and George Williams, who we'll once more get a good look at, and you can guarantee they'll be testing out his defence, but so far he stood up very, well, very well. The great thing about George Williams is, and 
the knock on uh, halves generally, and you mentioned Sam Williams before, mm. the knock on halves in the Sam Williams mould is that there's two things they're not that great at. And this is not just picking on Sam Williams, but generally across the board, it's defence. They're not very good defenders, and they don't really take the line on. Mm. And he's demonstrated that those two things he's got well and truly covered, and yeah. a brilliant short kicking game. One of uh, the scouts for um, Blake and the Pork was out. Uh, we have quite a the, few out there. Yeah, too, he, was, he was in the isolation. In and George Williams was at at the field every day working on his kicking game mm. at mm. a local inner north playing ground, mm. not at the new training centre because they all had to do their training separately. But he was there with the kicking coach apparently and working on forty uh, twenties every day for hours and hours. Yo, that's good. It's a sign that he's really dedicated. I mean, it's a good thing about these these British players coming out here, you know, at a younger age as well. They're really coming here to test themselves. They're really coming here with a point to prove. They're coming here for a point. They're not coming for a holiday. They're they're coming here because this is where the game of rugby league is played. Yeah. Um, Now, Blake has told me that I'm not allowed to say the words rugby league, um, which really disappoints me because I think it's fantastic, but apparently it's tired and we're not allowed to talk about it. Which disappoints it's one of your dad jokes. It's like the interwebs. You've been banned. You're the first one who came up with the terms rugby league on here. Taking I know, and and then and, and that was Landis. like ten weeks ago. And now it's been sort of done ad nauseum. So I was like, it's time for us to move on. And plus, you know, how can you not have respect for the great man? Oh, I do how have can, respect you know, for the great man. For for all you know, people there are some questionable things, maybe. Mm. Oh yeah, but you know the passion and the desire to get the game going and he's got it back and you know yeah, yeah. he's he's a street fighter oh yeah you know and he got in there and he just got things done which he is did. which far removed from sort of you know the the David Smith that was his name wasn't it David Smith oh who knows who remembers <laughs> the banker guy who sort of weaved in and weaved out these really sort of these sort of you know you parachute in parachute in some tough who's yeah. got a whole bunch of like business <laughs> acumen and, and you know KPIs and all the rest of it it's not what rugby league's about and nah. it's a wrong fit and same with Peter Beattie Wrong fit. Oh, yeah, yeah but I, I, I strongly suspect Peter Beattie was put up there deliberately as a stooge. I mean, like, otherwise, you know, like... Someone was having a If joke. they didn't, they should say they did, <laughs> because it fits better. Um, it, it just wasn't very, very good at all. But we're going down We're going down to Amy Park. We're going down to Amy Park. How do you feel about that? Is that fair, Blake? It is what it is, you know. And, and look, Ricky gets the best out of the team on the road anyway. Our, our away record was much better than than our home record was last year. We lost something like five or six games yeah, at home look, last year. And look, I was talking to him just last Sunday morning, Rick, the great man. I was talking to him myself. You know, we regularly converse. And uh, I raised that I was worrying about going to Melbourne. And his comment was, we'll be right. Do you know the best thing about playing in Melbourne with no fans? Mm. Is hopefully that damn freaking cowbell oh, might be reading the whole game. They'll find a way to put the cowbell on there. <laughs> they'll have a recording. They'll play yeah, a recording yeah, yeah. of a cowbell. And they'll probably just put pictures of people up there with holding signs saying, we don't know the rules, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> less cowbell. Less, less cowbell. cowbell yeah. That's the one thing I'll say. Less, less cowbell. cowbell. Um, but our Campbelltown base, talking about that, I, I was pretty happy with the Campbelltown base. It's the, I, I genuinely think the... Um, NRL put that in place because it literally is the closest Sydney metro ground to us. It is, it is. It's been pointed out that we are at a disadvantage though because really no one has to travel further. Melbourne gets to play in Melbourne. The Cowboys Except get to play. They have to come well, to the Warriors. And, the Warriors as well. Well, the Warriors have based themselves in you know Australia. Yeah, but no one has to travel further to their 
air quotes home home, home games than we do. Yeah, that's true. But um, look, this comes down again, and we're going back to Flanders. This comes down to the realities. The broadcasters at this present stage are hemorrhaging money, hemorrhaging money, and the idea that they would have to come down to a remote location was one of the things that they were having trouble with. I, you know, my personal guess, and it is just a guess. Well, then why don't the, the Cowboys play in that... Brisbane? Oh, you want to talk about re- remote locations? Yeah, that I don't understand. That's that's the one that stands out there. But, you know, my personal view is I wouldn't be surprised if certain broadcasters were agitating this whole time for a number of things. One, make sure they could choose their venues to cut Fuck down their costs. Fuck is over in the draw. And secondly, decide exactly again. Take the, the free-to-air allocation back from the NRL and give it to themselves. And do, you so, remember, do you remember when... We got 18 Friday nights with the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, it's, it's not only that, but, you know, it's that is a given. That is a given. But we've been totally roided. Mm. on the TV schedule. At the start of the year when we had eight free-to-air games, I was like, finally. Preach, Blake. In fact, go on the burst. Finally, we've got some recognition. Finally, you know, it was always the line trotted out was that, you know, when we start winning games, Mm. you want your free-to-air coverage, start winning games, make the grand final, then the free-to-air coverage will flow. And it seemed at the start of the year that we've finally been rewarded. Not only that, you know, the promos came out at the start of the year for the competition we featured very heavily. Yeah, we were there. And it, suddenly, everything was okay in the world. You know, we'd finally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'd, fin- we'd paid our dues and we'd finally got the respect that yep. we craved. And COVID-19 is gone. It's oh, yeah, back yeah. to the bad old days of Channel 9. And now just... you're free to air up Parramatta, the Bulldogs, the Rabbitohs, the Broncos. It's, um, it's been set up that if Channel 9 and have a Tigers. dream, it's, it's a Parramatta-Brisbane Broncos grand final. And people are already talking up. And lo and behold, what is the first game kicking off the round? Oh, tell me, Blake, what is it's, it? It's Parramatta-Broncos. You know, oh, it's, it's the sleeping giant God. of the West yeah. versus the perennial Queensland yeah. juggernaut. Yeah. It won't happen. It won't happen, but that's what they want to happen. Well, but it won't happen. I've heard people saying these things get orchestrated all the time. I remember last year in the Broncos, somehow, somehow we managed um, to... Um, you know, see the Broncos versus Parramatta in the first round, and how the Broncos squeezed in to that final was, you know, very, very questionable. See, we haven't recorded the podcast for <laughs> ten weeks. We forgot to put the phone. We forgot to put the phone. You forgot to put the phone. You normally you take over the. You normally do that job for me. No, you usually <laughs> hand it to me and tell me to take it to Byron. That's what usually happens, people. He, he's really horrible to me off air. I just want you to know he's not nice at all. Um, but yeah, no, the, the free-to-air thing, we, we did get screwed on that. But again, I talked to Rick about that, and he's like... It yeah. is what it is. And he's like, it is what it is. He's sad for the fans, but quite frankly, he couldn't care if we were just on radio. We're going to go play games, we're going to win this comp, and we get recognition through the thing, our results. Okay, so the thing that really upsets me about the free-to-air thing, because people go, well, just watch it on Foxtel or KO, whatever it is. And yes, I have access to these services, because as a dyed-in-the-wall Canberra supporter, I want to watch my team. But... Where this really hurts us is it, it helps, it prevents us from cashing in on the success of last year's grand final mm. and getting another whole new generation of Raiders fans. Because, Correct. I mean, you know, for so long you talk to a little kid in Canberra, they weren't Raiders fans. No, they weren't. They were West Tigers fans, they were Brisbane Broncos fans, they were Melbourne Storm fans, yeah, yeah. South Sydney Rabbitohs fans. There wasn't a generation of Canberra Raiders supporting kids even in Canberra, coming through. Yeah. You know, and on, on the back of the grand final run, I saw it from my son's school, he's eight, nine years old. All the kids there were wearing Raiders stuff. They were all getting behind the team. And most of those kids, their parents don't have Foxtel. They don't have access to the games. Mm. They're not going to be able to watch the Raiders. No. 
you know, this season, and it's really disappointing. It it's really, really upsetting. Disappointing. It is really, really disappointing um, for all those people coming. And, and I don't like it, but again, it is what it is. In order to get it going, nine had to come to the party, and I, I'm, I'm looking at that draw and thinking to myself, one of the reasons they came to the party was if they got their draw back and yeah. decided what the free-to-air was. Um, at the end of the day, we have to accept this. While we love it, while we see it as a sport, while we see it as a tribal thing, the broadcasters no, sports see it as sports entertainment. It is a product. It is a product first. It is a product last as far as they're concerned. Um, so, you know, there's not a whole lot we can do to this. Um, but, you know... Long and, term... And, uh, it should, while you mention it, we should have a big shout-out to Eddie and Matthew, you know, like our, our two biggest fans of the podcast. Good on you, boys. But I should also confirm to you that um, uh, that uh, the coach, Ricky Stewart, in fact, does not listen to our podcast, which surprised me. Um, but, you know, maybe one day he'll come on board. Who knows? Who knows? It could be good. He uh, probably doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. I'm sure he does. Probably, you know, if it involves like gambling or horse racing or something like that, he doesn't gamble or do horse racing. He's not allowed to as the coach. He has nothing whatsoever to do with gambling, except for maybe the occasional cardi. And you know, and who doesn't do that? Who doesn't do that? Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. But I guess what we really need to get down to now is um, the issue that's on everyone's lips. The the thing that everyone's talking about right now. The kick in the guts that we collectively felt yep. several days ago now. Yeah. It's actually similar to the kick in the guts we felt when we were, you know, we're all gearing up, can't wait for the football to start, can't wait to, you know, the games to begin, the Raiders yep. to play, and it's just like, ugh. It's exactly the same thing happened in the week of the grand final, which is yep. again very upsetting. Yeah. The timing. Yeah. But yeah, the John Bateman contract. Will he stay? Will he go? What's going on here? Look, what I can tell you, people, is that the good news is the relationship between John Bateman, the other players, the coaching staff, and the club itself is actually in really good shape. There is no one hating on each other. There is no animosity. There is no communication breakdown here at all. There's very clear positions of both sides in talking about this matter, um, and they are still talking, but there, there is no breakdown. Bateman is still committed to the club. Bateman will still give 100% while he's at the club. That You never have to doubt that. The coaching staff, his playing teammates do not doubt that, um, and the club does not doubt that. Um, the club wants him to stay. He wants to stay. But teammates wants, lead to stay, but he wants money. He says he's worth X, and the club is basically the line of we've got this club, we built a team, we're building a team, not just a you know like a bunch of individual players, and we have to consider the team and building the team and keeping the team together when we're managing that, and we have to do that within um, certain parameters. And we gave a very hefty transfer fee to get John over here. He's on very good money in comparison. To lots of people, he's he's on a good wicket at the club at the at the best of times. Relatively, relatively. Coming I, I, look, from, I, I'm not commenting one way or another whether he's worth more or whether he's worth less. But he's not. You know, it's not like in the Scotty Pippen in in the um, the Michael Jordan documentary where everyone knew he was getting paid unders. John Bateman could be paid more, and I believe he can get more if he get, trades off paying for a competitive club for playing for a non-competitive club. Of course. Club. So if of he course. goes to the Titans, yeah, he'll get his 800000 on his head. But will he get it at the Roosters, at the Storm, at the South Sydney? Will he get it at Manly Warringah? And the reality is that those clubs, 
he's unlikely to because they've already spent their money where most clubs do on their spines. Yes. And the thing is, he's not in the spine, but, and this is where his argument gets strong in my eyes, he has X Factor. He does. He's got lots of X Factor. He he's does. the sort of guy who can and will win you games. Um, from that position, I... As we've said before, we didn't win a game when he wasn't playing last year. Now, was is he the most important player in the team? I don't think so. No. But he Does he helps. have a talismatic-like effect? Yeah. Does his competitiveness, you know, help the team get over the line? Did he, in a couple of games, yeah, just pull out a bit of magic? Yes, he did. Look, I think the, t- the, the club is letting him explore his options so he can actually, rather than us just telling him, yeah, you'll get that money, but is it going to be where you want to be? Because he wants to play with his teammates. He loves playing with his teammates. He likes being here. He likes the club. He likes the coach. Of course, he and you can't, you, he's come over here and he's got... Josh Hodgson. Yeah. George Williams has just come over. Ryan Sutton. Elliot Whitehead, who he played with in Bradford, you know, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago when he was a junior. Made his debut at 17 or whatever with, I think he was playing with Elliot Whitehead back yeah. then. Yeah, and so he wants to do that. You can't see him being happy, as happy going to another club and having a relationship like he has with Ricky. But of course, football, as everyone knows, it's business. His, it his, personal, business. his personal circumstances are different from, from most Lots as well. of people, yeah. And, and the thing is, I think it's completely admirable for him that when he found out he's going to be a dad at the age of 15, instead of backing out, getting scared and abdicating responsibility, he did exactly the opposite. He went, you know what? I'm going to pick my boot, you know, I'm going to pull my socks up and I'm going to be a good dad and I'm going to look after this child. And he has. And you know what? So if he's going out there and saying, I need to get as much money as I can to look after me and my daughter in this thing, well, you know what? Anyone who questions that priority... He's in, a, he's, he's in a really difficult position. He, he is, is in a really difficult position because, yeah, he has to decide. He's got a it's lot a of factors. I, I don't think money is the only factor, but I, I am personally hoping that uh, a middle course can be chartered between the club and the player, whereby a resolution can be made that keeps everybody happy um, and recognises all the factors that are in there. And that's, that's what I'm really hoping for. You know, if you do take a big move, Based solely around money, it really pans out. It really, and you've seen a lot of players in the past knock back bigger money to yeah. stay to stay in a in a system where they're going to thrive and long term they're going to have more success. And usually, as it turns out, long term success equals better opportunities, yeah. better cash, etc., etc. Yeah, down that's the right. road because you could go to a club for the money, and and, and players sometimes just fall off the radar or they disappear look at the Trebojevic brothers you yeah. know separately they could have separated one could have gone to the Bulldogs one could have gone to the Dragons or, or whatever else yeah. and individually made more money yeah. but by staying together as a brand at Manly yeah. you know they're, they're going to have more success they're going to yeah. have better opportunities they're going to have better things I mean you look at someone like Matt Gitto went to Western Force purely yeah. for the money it didn't work it out it did not work and he was good he played good football over there but you're right it didn't oh, work out Gary Ablett Jr. He played good football for the Suns, yeah. For the Suns, but yeah. it's a debacle. And, and, and if you look at both those guys in the end, Gary Ablett Jr. has gone back to um, the Cats. And uh, Gitto came back to the Brumbies. Neither of them came back on for big money. They just wanted to come back to the team so the thing, where, the, where they were happiest and where they were loved. And, and, and that's you know. the thing. And, and one thing you will say, and Rick gets a really bad rap from lots of people, but he has made a good club with a good culture here. These are his boys. You know, this is a good place to be. You know, we've got we've got a few warts here and there. Things have gone straight, but in general, the club culture is good. The humans here are good. It's you know, 
Um, and this is where I think we have to, you know, I've, I've been gone hard on Ricky before and been critical on Ricky, and I was about the whole um, Joey L. Jing Joey Lay Lua out the door, I think. Well, he thinks but, you're a wombat, so, you know. yeah. But, and you are, let's but face after, it, you are after a wombat. Watching, after watching Joey's most recent performance against the um, Knights at Leichhardt, I was going, oh, come yeah, on. Uh, Joey was always rocks and diamonds, and we're not going to... Bro- he and his brother defensively in the line together, that was... It's worth if you didn't see it. It's worth, it's worth watching because, oh my god, Look, Ricky Stewart would have been sitting back, Joey on a beard. Joey Le Lua like, is 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 beloved by this podcast, and I felt bad watching that for him because I want him to succeed. I want him to succeed except against us, but in general, I want him. It's probably succeed. the only time he will succeed. Will be he'll uh, he'll get, he'll play out of his skin against I, us. I, I love Joey, and he was great. I, but I, but generally, I, I don't think the club was wrong in moving him on across. That. And this is what I'm saying across the board. If you look at the decisions Ricky's made for players to stay or go, mm. there's not many. You know, in hindsight, there's not many I, I would I would criticise him on. The only one I'm probably is Paul Vaughan. You know, is, I'd still have have him back. Tavita Pangai Junior has looked good at times no absolutely not Tavita Pangai Jr he nailed it absolutely not no Tavita wasn't the right fit as not just as a player but within the team and he wanted to move and you know oh yeah yeah. I'm saying I'm not I completely support that I was disappointed to see Paul Vaughan go because he's from the town I know and I don't think Ricky wanted him to go. The thing was, Ricky didn't have the money he was going to get from the Dragons, and he wasn't going to stop him. Well, he wasn't. I'll say, if you look at 2016, he didn't pick him in first grade either. He picked Clay Priest ahead of him in first grade. So yeah. that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. And, whatever Whatever that tells you. Yeah, that's right. The fact right. that Clay Priest was, you know, and Clay, Clay Priest now, went to the Bulldogs, and he's, I don't think he's, he's playing, you four know. Four players in our current squad who were here when Ricky arrived. Only four. And that's... Um, Jack Whiten, Josh Papali, Jared Croker, and Sam Williams. Jordan Rapana. Yeah, okay, Jordan. Okay, maybe there's, snuck there's, in. There's five. Maybe snuck in. Yeah, maybe. Like, there's five of them here. Um, and that's it. That is absolutely it. And the rest are here. So out of 30 players, 25 of them he's brought in. The interesting in. thing about uh, that's been reported on the Bateman contract situation by Paul Kent on NRL 360, and if you don't know the relationship between Paul Kent and Ricky Stewart, it's very close Ricky Stewart used to write a column in oh, Daily Telegraph or Sydney Morning Herald. I don't know which what it, what, what it was when he was playing. And Paul Kent was his ghostwriter for that column. They don't really happen anymore, those player. The media landscape has moved, but players used to have columns in mm. magazines and papers. And basically, they'd ring up a journalist and say, what do you think about this? Ricky Stewart didn't sit there and write out the column, <laughs> that's for sure. Ricky's got very, very good opinions, <laughs> and he knows what he's talking about. And he's you, actually... could become, you could become his ghostwriter. Is... Have you thought about that? Absolutely, of course I've thought about that. Of course Bring I've thought about that. Bring back a column for Ricky with you writing it. Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, the 16th most popular Raiders podcast in the ACT probably wouldn't print it, so... <laughs> Sorry, not having a go at you there, Polks. It's all right. It's all right. Well, I don't, anyway, so I've totally lost the train of thought, but that Paul Kent said that, in fact, last year, mm. under uh, John Bateman's previous management, he kind of essentially was offered the money he's going for now and he knocked it back and now he's gone back and said actually can I take that deal that you had you offered me before and they said no no it's no longer on the table things have changed the landscape's changed we have to upgrade other people which interesting enough happened with Blake Austin as well knocked back a better offer and Jordan Ruffin Jordan Ruffin yeah. yeah and they did and look in each one of those cases with and the I think Ricky's prepared to draw at a certain point draw a line in the sand for the you know for the good of the team yeah, and I think he is. And this is the thing we all have to remember here is that um, Ricky 
is the coach. He has put this squad together. He has made it work. And if the club at all was worried about how the fans are going to feel about, you know, Bateman going, and I think all of us are united and we want him to stay. All of us are united. But if he goes, we're the fans of the club. Players come and go. We might want to see some go. We might want to see some stay. We're ambivalent about others. And ultimately, we stick with the club. You know, transfer fee aside, John Bateman, as much as we, you know, we we loved him and became a lot of us our favourite player almost, you know, straight away. Mm. We we, 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 we crowned him king in the south. Yeah, we're not we're not as invested in him as we are a Jack Whiten. No. Or a Jared Croker, or someone that's been with the club since or they Josh were like Papali, fifteen, or Sia yeah. Soliola, or Elliot Whitehead. Yeah. These are the people who are the backbone of the club. And but this is the thing, and this is the argument that comes up in the the reverse because I see all of those things and I completely understand the those position. When you get your hands on a special, the idea of letting it go is appalling to you, you know. Um, and every time I try and justify myself how it'll be okay without yeah. him and how it'll move along. I just think of myself about this. He gives 100%. He's 80, 80 minutes every game. He gives 100% every game. He's dedicated at training. He's liked by his teammates. He never gives the opposition peace in attack or defence. When he's got the ball in their hands, they've got trouble. When they've got the ball in their hands, they've got trouble. You can't dominate him and you can't intimidate him. He has that talismatic um, impact on a game which helps give your side the ascendancy. Last season, case in point, when the... Um, Sharks were coming back against us after we'd rushed out to a lead and Gallon went in to try and sort out Bateman and Bateman shaped up to him and pushed him back and Gallon, for the first time I've ever seen in my life, went, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do this. He wasn't scared, obviously, because Gallon's not really scared of anybody. Walked away and then Andrew Fafita came in and said, that's not right, I'm going to do it. And Bateman did the same thing to him and Fafita saw that look in his eye and went, you know what, I'm not going to do it. He grabs you this tendency because he refuses to have other people take it. But he knows, he also, the good thing about him is he knows where to push the line to and where to stop. Yes, that's he right. He doesn't do stupid stuff. So, oh, you yeah. know, have a look at our, our, our other second row, Joe Tarpany. I'm not going to be, I'm not sitting here having you have a go at Joe Tarpany. But he doesn't know where to draw the line and he's gets suspended for like shoulder charges and stupid things like that. And look, that happens to him, but Joe is beloved by this podcast and well, you know it. He is, but if I had to choose between keeping John Bateman or Joe Tarpany, I'd keep John Bateman over Joe Tarpany. Well, I'm, I mean, the choice may be out of charge. A, the choice may may be out of our hands. But Joe Tarpany, we we paid big money to get him over from the Knights, and you know, definitely a player of a lot of potential, and has shown what he's capable of in some games. Oh, look, I agree. He, he's prone to a few brain explosions, but who amongst this isn't? You know. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see, you know, in hindsight, whether Joe Tarpany lives... He's 25, 26 now. He's not really much younger than, than John Bateman, but I don't think he's quite lived up to his potential. Look, what we do know is this this will this will play out as it plays out. And, and, we'll and we have here. to trust... And that's what I'm saying. We have to trust the team, hmm. the coaching staff, the organisation to make the right call. Well, And, and generally, they like I say, they've, they've proved... That really they are good. capable of making the right call. So yeah, when it comes right down to it, in Ricky we trust. Yeah, someone did send me a picture though of um, John Bateman photoshopped into a rooster's jumper. And it was like a knife to the heart. It made me vomit. <laughs> it actually made me vomit. People the thought of him going to a shit club, going to a bulldogs or whatever yeah, else. It's and, one know. thing going to there. That's just appalling, and it just is appalling. And it still, part of me thinks it still could happen. Yeah, it still could happen. If he's going to go, can we just like sign off on the bulldogs deal? 
ASAP and just just stop worrying about this because I've been through these sort of emotional roller coasters with these players. Are they staying? Are they going before? Whether it was you know Dugan or Milford or back with Todd Carney, you know, mm. it was all kind of oh, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? It's draining. It is. It's draining. draining, and I really like this to be resolved as soon Quickly. as possible, one way or another, because the longer it drags, I out, think everyone wants it that way. Yeah. And let's just hope that uh, Johnny. Johnny Boy stays with us because we love you, Johnny. Um, and if it's any impact on you whatsoever, if it's any impact on you, you're beloved by us Green fans. We I don't think that's you. in doubt. I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think it's it. any impact, nor probably at the long, large scale of things should it be. But uh, just as long as he knows that's the fact that we love him, we recognise his situation. We hope it resolves out that we all stick together. That would be good. Anyway, you have been listening to uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular. Raiders podcast on the internet. Um, uh, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk at you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.